0: So last night, I was just browsing through Facebook after I'd finished getting everything ready for this morning, you know, and then Sunday morning I come down about 6am and start tweaking and getting ready for everything. So last night, as I'm browsing, I saw this post from a friend, and his post said, we are the salt and the light of the earth. And that was exactly what I have in front of me for this morning. It was already done. It was ready to go. He knew nothing about it. It's amazing how uh, when someone needs to hear something, God gives it to you. Hmm. So today, we're going to address a few verses that are found in the section of the Bible, commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. Now, first and foremost, this is the thing I want to bring out. Jesus, surrounded by the crowd, seeing the multitudes, Jesus goes further up into the mountain, and his disciples... Come unto him. He is talking to his disciples here. And I find it important for what we're going to discuss is for his followers, not for the world, but for his followers. How many followers were with him at that point? Now, that we don't know. Jesus had just started his ministry. In fact, he had just gone through the temptations, he had just called what Matthew records as the first four or five of his disciples. And then there was more time, and then he's at the mountain. So he is very early in his ministry. He is calling his disciples, but the multitudes that he has been healing are following him. So he sees the multitudes, but this is for his followers. So he goes further up, he sits down, and then his disciples come unto him. And then he begins teaching. Matthew 5, 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but this is important because what we're going to discuss today is for Christ's followers. So, seeing the multitudes and the crowds, he went further up into the mountains, and his disciples came to him. So, what I am basing limited attendance to is that his disciples came unto him, and he began teaching. He didn't wait for the crowds to come. His disciples came unto him. He began teaching. Now the crowds very well may have come up. The multitude may have come up. They may have followed the disciples up, came and listened in. But Jesus is literally addressing just his disciples at this point. He, he was teaching and it was aimed at one specific group. Matthew five thirteen, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, excuse me, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. So if salt loses its savor, or its purpose, then it is cast out and trodden under foot. In Jesus' day, I looked this up. I looked at the history. In Jesus' day, salt was a very useful item. It was They, they pulled it from the sea, extracted salt from the sea, and they used it as a preservative. They used it as a seasoning. They used it as a disinfectant. They used it as a form of currency and as an important part of the temple ceremony. Salt was a very useful item in those days. Now, I found this fascinating because some of the use... Of salt has evolved and we have found more uses for it and in other ways it is still the best items or it is still the best item for some of the things that it was used for in the day of jesus we haven't found anything better than salt for certain items that uh, certain uses i find that very fascinating so today uses for salt including but not limited to salt also known as sodium chloride or Table salt, salt gives life. In IV saline solutions when dehydrated. That's what they use when they hook you up to an IV and they say we're going to give you fluids. It is a saline or salt water solution. Mm-hmm. It's used for safety in ice and snow travel. We put it out on our um, driveways, on our walkways, do we not? Mm-hmm. It's used for... Um, to cure and preserve meat. you ever got a Virginia ham just a Virginia ham just totally encrusted by salt? We still use it for preserving meat. We use it as a seasoning in food. We take the table salt and we dump it on our food while we're eating to help give it a little more flavor. It helps in the making of ice cream. Now that's something that's very weird if you think about it, because it lowers the freezing point of the water did you realize that was possible salt takes the temperature of water mixed in with water lowers the freezing point that means it's got to be colder for it to freeze which helps make ice cream that's fascinating it's used as a scouring agent especially in cleaning cast iron used as a deterrent and pest, our turn a deterrent to pests in home And gardens, you put that in a little place and some of the pests won't cross over that line of salt. It's also used in eye drops and nasal spray. Salt is a very useful item. But what's the big one? And this is my favorite. Salt activates the yeast in bread. Without the salt, the bread doesn't rise. If there were no salt in the bread, there would be no rise, no flavor. It would be unleavened bread, tasteless, flat, just lying there. The salt activates it. We are the salt of the world. Jesus says we are to be salt of the earth, but when we lose our savor, when we lose our purpose, we will be thrown out, trodden underfoot so you say well salt has so many uses how can it possibly be rendered useless when it's not fulfilling its purpose to bring season and flavor to bring life to this world that's how salt loses its purpose christ in talking to his disciples is telling them they are the salt of the earth we now know from scripture he is not talking to the multitudes even if they came up and they are listening, that is not whom he is addressing. Salt of the earth is solely for his followers. They are the salt of the earth. His followers are the ones to be spreading the gospel, bringing flavor and life to the world. So our main purpose then is to bring the gospel of Jesus to this world. We are to be the reason for their spiritual life. We are to bring them to that point where they can get the life. So how do we fulfill the purpose of the salt of the earth? The salt for life, the salt for flavor, the salt for safety? By telling them about Jesus. That's how we fulfill our purpose. Telling them of Jesus, pointing them to the cross. That is our purpose. And if we are not fulfilling our purpose, then we shall be tossed out and trodden underfoot. So that was 5.13. But then you go to 5.14, and he says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. If you have a city, you're up on a hill, you can't hide that city, because somewhere at all times there's some sort of light showing that city. Last week we talked about how we are to be a light on a hill, but not a Kmart Blue Light special there and gone. We are to be a light on a hill, and we are to show Jesus to a lost and dying world. Have you ever been in total darkness? I mean, complete and total darkness. The merest glimmer of light in the darkness can lead you safely out of the darkest of darks for instance that led on your video player that you never ever notice that led when you turn off all the lights but you get up in the morning and you walk into that room from the dark that led is lighting up the whole room until your eyes adjust to it you go into the darkest room you've got you turn off, like my study right here, there, if I switch off that light, turn off all the computers, there is no natural source of light to this study. If we turn off all the artificial light, it is so dark you can't see. Now, let's say I'm in my study, I have a completely dark, no LEDs, no nothing. I lose my sense of direction the second I am in that darkest of dark. I can't see. And in this room that I know by the back of my, like the back of my hand, I wouldn't move without doing this. Moving my hands in front of me, scooching my feet very slowly, making sure I'm not going to trip. But if I was to take a very small matchstick, light that matchstick, matchstick, or take a lighter and flick that flame, I'm now going to see where I'm going, what I'm doing, and how to get out of the darkness. The smallest of light is going to lead me out of the darkest of darkness. Light penetrates the dark. Now, the way I phrased it was that the slightest light, the very smallest light, when you are completely immobilized in darkness, can't move, afraid to move, the smallest light, the slightest light will then free you up to move out of where you are. You go from completely immobilized from the darkness to free to move and get out. We are to be that light, the slightest light in a world of lost and dark people. We are to be that light to show them a way out of this world of sin and darkness. A world of drugs, alcohol, sex, running from one placebo to the next, because that's all they're doing. It's a placebo, it's a mask covering up their condition. We don't want them running to and from placebos. We want them running to Jesus, who is the cure. Our purpose is to lead them to that Jesus, the one that died for them, the one that provided this world with the light of the gospel. As they trudge through this world, they see more and more sin and darkness, more and more lost souls, just as they are going along the same path that they're walking down. Then they get a glimpse of an on fire, born again Christian, one who is not as they are, not laid down by sin, or drowning in the darkness of the world, or overwhelmed by the meaninglessness of it all. I believe that thought in this uh, uh, in this world today is all too pervasive. Meaninglessness of it all. For what is the meaning of life without Jesus? There isn't any. The meaning of life is not money, it's not partying, it's not fun all the time, it's not. Ask anybody who's been in it, it's not. All that wears off. Then they wake up, they look around, they ask, why am I doing this? What is this all about? Nothing's changing. And then they get to the existential, why am I here? Is there more to this life? This is why we are to be the light, because there is more to this life. There is Jesus, and he can give you life more abundantly. Matthew five sixteen, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is Jesus. These are words in red, talking. He says... Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify or give the glory to your Father in heaven for your life, for your turnaround, for your existence. So let your light so shine. That means be a light. Tell them of Jesus, of the good news of the gospel of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then show them what a life lived for Christ can be like. Then he says, Before men. Well, we're always before men, we're always before others, whether in church. At the store, at work, at the gas station, at home. We are always before somebody, and we are to let our light so shine before them that we are to be showing them a life transformed, a mind renewed, a bigger and better purpose than what they are aware of. Then it says that they may see your good works. What is good? Jesus tells us nothing is good except that which comes from the Father, correct? Mm -hmm. So our good works, then, must be of the work we do for Him. The work that is of the same nature and of the same holiness that He is of. Those are the good works that we're talking about. Our testimony is the good works we're talking about. And give the glory to your Father which is in heaven. We want them to see something different than the dark sinfulness. We want them to see a different way of life. One that is of the Father. And when they see it, they will come to know of God and His love. That's what our purpose is. What they need to know more than anything else is that God loves them. Many of them don't feel love. Many of them are looking for meaning. The only meaning there is is God and His love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life." They need to know that they are the whosoever, that He was born of a virgin, walked this earth, suffered, bled, and died for them, each and every one of them, and that on the third day He rose again, that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. We are to be the salt of the earth, the every use, all purpose substance for this world. We are to be the light that shines as a beacon and points the way to the cross and the savior that died for he loved them that much. Now today, if everyone that hears me Will commit to be that light. That salt. We can start an awakening in our area. Whether it be here in Cedar Hill. Or if you're listening in Pennsylvania. Or Indonesia. Africa. The Philippines. The where. The where doesn't matter. But the when. The when you start being the light. The when you start being the salt. That's what matters. Today should be the day. That you start being the light. Today should be the day that you start being the salt of the earth. Today should be the day that we tell them and we show them of him.